God speaks to us through the Bible. His word has the power to create faith, inspire hope, teach truth, give guidance, comfort us, and encourage us to persevere. A key life verse for me is Matthew 6, 25 to 34. Good afternoon. Um, I just wonder if you'd pray with me um, first. So, Father God, we just um, we thank you for uh, bringing us here, Lord God. We thank you that your presence is amongst us always, Lord. And um, I pray that it would be your words and not mine today. Thank you, Father. Amen. So, uh, morning or afternoon, as I said, it's really nice to be here again. Um, not scary, not worried about any of you lot at all, ever. Clearly, that's not quite true, and, uh, and actually it links quite nicely to what I'm going to be talking about, which is worry. I think we all worry, um, and as we come to life verses and we're thinking about kind of what, what's special to each and every one of us, what verse do we keep going back to, this was one for me. I could have chosen so many. I've been a Christian since I was 11 years old, um, and before that I always went to church, and so I've used a lot of life verses in my time, but this one is constantly something I will revisit. So um, I also think it might relate to everybody here. So let's go for this. Um, the word worry comes from an English word, an old English word, meaning to choke or to strangle. And that's exactly what worry does to your productivity and your happiness. It's a self-defeating waste of your time and sometimes that of other people. See, the Bible tells us that we must not worry. The Bible tells us to trust God. But it's easy to hear and understand that it's a lot harder to actually do it, to not worry. Something's going on in your life, and to not worry about it, well, how do we do that? It's really hard. And um, I want to read you, before I go any further with this, I want to read you these life verses. So it's Matthew 6, 25 to 35, and it says this. So my counsel is, don't worry about things food, drink, and clothes, for you already have life and a body, and they are far more important than what to eat and wear. Look at the birds. They don't worry about what to eat. They don't need to sow or reap or store up food, for your heavenly Father feeds them, and you are far more valuable to him than they are. Will all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothes? Look at the field lilies. They don't worry about theirs. Yet King Solomon, in all his glory, was not clothed as beautifully as they. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he more surely care for you, O men of little faith? So don't worry at all about having enough food and clothing. Why be like the heathen? For they take pride in all these things and are deeply concerned about them. But your heavenly Father already knows perfectly well that you need them. And he will give them to you if you give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to. So, don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. Live one day at a time. It's an amazing few verses. I absolutely love them. And it's so true. But like I said earlier so difficult to live it when you're going through that worry. 
Jesus speaks to people about real things. This was no different. He didn't want worry to overshadow the people of the time. He doesn't want worry to overshadow us now. God gives us the ability to get through things. Worry, however, blocks our faith and our trust in him. Now, I've got three points. And the first one is don't let worry rob you. And I've got a picture here. And I think this is quite apt. It's unfortunate for the donkey, obviously. But for us, I think it could relate sometimes. You see, I'm not saying we're all donkeys, just so we know. Um, But I think we struggle sometimes and we let worry overburden us. We let it build up. Different worries sometimes, maybe one big worry that we just feel we can't get over. And eventually, it tilts the balance. And we're the ones that are struggling. We don't know what's happening. Just like this donkey, it's tilted the balance. And unfortunately, he's the one that's going, what on earth is happening here? So I've got an illustration for you. See, um, a little bit like our donkey, we, we, we have an empty car, or in this sense, an empty bag. And um, we're all born like this, where we we don't have any strains or stresses or problems. And then as we go through life, as we live, things begin to build up on us. We begin to fill our bag. And often, we fill it with negatives, with worries, with concerns. But at the very beginning, God has got so much in store for us. And an egg um, symbolizes new life and, and is very precious very fragile. And this egg is is almost a gift from God. It's it's saying here, I've got some really amazing things that I want you to hold on to and I want you to nurture them. And they're precious. They're just for you. You hold these. And we go, all right, yeah, God, yeah. Yeah, I'll hold them. And we put them in our bag. And then we build things on top of them because we forget that actually we should have been more careful with it. We should have loved and nurtured it. And and unfortunately, the negatives get in the way. And these are weights. You should have seen me coming to the church this morning with the weights in my bag. I had to get Liam to help me carry them, bless him. But this one here, this weight says relationships. We all have relationships in our lives. And they're brilliant. They're positive. But sometimes worry can overshadow the positive things. And, And maybe it's We've got a family member who's very poorly and we're worrying about that. Or maybe it's that we've done something to upset a friend or whatever it might be in our relationships. We can worry and we put it in our bag. And then we get education. Now, I don't know whether you've had a brilliant education or not so good education, but it's something we can worry about. Maybe we want more. Maybe we need to do more to achieve. Maybe it's that we worry for our kids education and what's happening. So education goes in our bag of worries. And then we've got finance. Now, I doubt anyone can tell me that they've never worried about finance, even down to a young person who's wanting to get something and they haven't got enough pocket money, or they want to go out with their friends and their mum says, no, you're not going today because you haven't got enough money. But finance can be a massive thing. It's a strain on families sometimes. Are you earning enough? Have you got enough to do X, Y, and Z? Have you got anything coming in? It can really burden you. It's a worry. I've got materialism here. Now, I think it's good to have things. It really is. But sometimes this can really weigh us down. Maybe we want what we can't have. Maybe we haven't got enough finance for what we want. 
It's a new car. It's a bigger house because we've got too many kids. It's, we want to entertain someone, so we need an extra room in the house. So let's build something or whatever it might be. Maybe it's clothes and gadgets and gizmos, but things that we want, sometimes things we need, but things that we want can weigh us down. I've got reputation. Now, I've got a bit, um, I love Grease, the film. It's like one of my favorite films. And um, there's a bit in it where one of the guys goes, I've got a rep to protect. And I think we can be a bit like that, can't we? We've got a reputation. We need to keep it safe. We want people to see us in a certain light. Sometimes we do things for that. Sometimes it goes a bit wrong and we're like, oh no, people are going to think this about me. So we really are concerned about our reputations at points. And my last one, although there's lots of worries that I think we carry and not just these, children. Now, I did not understand this fully until I became a mum. And I swear, I'm really sorry to my parents for all the things I've done, but kids can be a bit of a worry, can't they? Maybe there's stuff going on with them. Maybe they're not doing what you need them to do or want them to do at the time. Maybe they're not that worried about their educations. Whatever it might be, you worry, even just to the point where they go out and you're waiting up for them. I swear all my grey hairs have come from them in the last five years. So children goes in the bag as well, and the bag's really heavy now. And, I, you know, we can try and carry it around with us. I really am quite weak, actually, but... You can try and carry it around. And has anyone ever carried a big weight and they're walking and it hasn't grown in weight? It's just that you get more tired and the bag gets heavier and heavier and you begin to kind of use all your power to lug this thing around and you get tired and you get exhausted. And that's what our worries can do to us. They exhaust us. They play a really negative part in our lives a lot of the time. And, and then we go back to the egg, the precious thing that God gave us. And it's right there at the bottom, crushed, unable to free itself. Because we can do that. Our worries can press down so much on us that we forget that, that we've got precious things that God has given us, maybe things to do for other people, maybe things for us that we should hold and hone and make grow, but we can't because they're squashed, they're compressed, because the worries get too big. We haven't got headspace for anything else when we worry. Worry can make you poorly, can make you ill. It takes joy from the present. It robs future plans and excitement. It takes your productivity. It steals from others. And most importantly, it steals time from God, you and God. It can crush those precious things he's given you. And God wants to relieve you of all these burdens. And we could be guilty of holding on. No, they're ours. They're not yours to carry, they're mine. I've made them. These are my problems. Maybe we don't want to give them up. Maybe we kind of let them become our identity. It's who we are. And so we, we hold with all our might. I don't want to look back on my life at the end, hopefully in years to come, and say, do you know what? I've had a lot of trouble and most of it never happened. I don't want to have trouble in my life if I can avoid it. And sometimes we're guilty of piling this trouble on ourselves. Number two, my second point, God can be trusted. The Bible tells us that we are God's workmanship, that we are his most valuable creation. How cool is that? That we are loved 
and that we are worth it all. Well, if he loves us that much and we truly believe it, surely we can learn to trust him with our worries and our problems. A love that he offers suggests that our concerns can be cast to him. Matthew 11:28 says, Come to me and I will give you rest. All of you who work so hard beneath a heavy yoke, wear my yoke, for it fits perfectly. And let me teach you, for I am gentle and humble, and you shall find rest for your souls, for I give you only light burdens. Trust God with every area, all the things that you struggle with, every area of your life. Nothing is too small or too big for him. He cares completely for everything. Even those things that you think they're just niggly, annoying things, but they become bigger. Give them to God. God wants to provide for us, and he will take care of our needs. And I'm going back to the verse, my life verses now, and I'm going to say this one. Your heavenly Father already knows perfectly well that you need them, and he will give them to you if you give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to. He will take them. He won't give you everything you want. So if you're standing in front of a shop going, God, you've said in your word that you're going to give me that Xbox, whatever the number is now, probably isn't going to happen, okay? Because it's not necessarily something you need. It's more something you want. And hey, maybe it will happen. That's cool if it does. But he has your needs under control. He knows what they are. He knows before you know what they are. And it is a promise. He will provide. That is so amazing. Sean and I, when um, we got married, we went to um, Egypt. And it was amazing at the time. And we, we decided to go and see something called the Valley of the Kings and the Queens. And uh, we decided, probably not the best option at the time, to go by donkey. Um, so I got this really tall, skinny donkey to ride on. And it was cool. And Sean got the short, stocky one. And he's almost six foot two, so he's, he's quite long, you know. And uh, he's bobbing around in front of me on top of this donkey as, as we're going. And um, Egypt's quite rugged. As you go out of the cities, it's, it's quite a rough terrain. And we begin to climb what is like, I mean, it's a mini mountain. It's massive. And it's all these stones and rocks. And as we're going up, Sean's legs dangling begin to do some work and he's the donkey's going like this and he's climbing up alongside with the donkey so he's on top of it doing the work and I'm like this doesn't seem right at all so we get back down the hill a mini mountain and I'm like oh that was really good fun and Sean's like oh, I'm exhausted because he did all the work alongside that donkey. And we can be like that. We refuse to give our struggles over. Maybe we think we've got a better plan. Um, maybe we can't let go. Maybe we think that God won't concern himself with some of the stuff we go through. God says, give me it. Why are you doing the work when I'm standing here saying, oh, I want to do it for you. I want to help you. I want to give you what you need to go through this. I want to make your burdens light. And we hold on and we do the work. Let me say now, God loves you. You are God's creation. He doesn't want you to spend your time worried about what might be. Let him unfold his glory in your worries. Trust that he has a plan for you. 
And if you don't have one, do you know what? God has got this most amazing, incredible thing in store for just you. Search it out. Seek it. Don't let worry shroud that. Surrender your worries. Pray and read about God's provision because the Bible is full of it. God will provide. It says in the Bible, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, you can. Brilliant. My third point, let it go. The Bible tells us that God is a provider, an overcomer, a redeemer, that he cares for us, that we are his ultimate creation, that we are his workmanship, that he is a loving God, that he is able and willing. That is the God that we serve. And those are the things that he says about us. Therefore, he will take care of you. We are not promised an easy ride, okay? Being a Christian isn't all skipping through flower fields and whatever else. It's not easy all the time. We have to go through the fire. We have to let the flames touch our skins, feel the heat. But God will walk it with you. God is already there, part of it. The motto of many is, don't worry, be happy. And I'm not going to sing that song for you. Um, But we all know it. And um, actually, Jesus, I like this, it kind of, he qualifies it in the verses by saying, don't worry, seek God's will first and you will be happy. If we take Jesus' teachings to heart, we will be like homes built on solid rock. That when the storms come, we will stand firm. We won't get battered and bruised as much if we trust God. But I'm telling you, you will be bruised. Storms, they're violent. They can hurt. But God is there protecting, guiding, sheltering, loving. Like I said, not an easy ride, but he's there. No matter what storms may come, our treasure is in heaven. Worry only shrouds that promise. Jesus promises that our needs will be looked after, that God cares so much more for us. Our aim is to get to eternity where we have no need for material possessions or any of the worries that we choose to carry during life. We claim them. We claim those worries and those concerns. I just want to show you something very quickly. And this is, um, this is a tree root. It's only a small one compared to some of the ones that we had in our garden. And um, we had this little tree at the back, and, and I kept saying, oh, it's so beautiful, leave it. And I wish we hadn't now, because Sean kept saying, we need to cut it, get rid of it. And um, he was right, because the, the roots spread right across our garden and have begun to crack the ground. It looks really horrible, and the kids can't play properly. And he's been spending so much time digging them out, and I didn't help at all, but digging them out and getting rid of them. And, and like, you know, the ground is like a war zone. It's horrible. And normally we talk about roots being a positive thing, and they are. But if they're the right kind of root, this root, not so positive. Okay? But this is sort of size of roots that we can let dig down deep into who we are. You see, there's positive roots that God gives us, those ones that we want to nurture and grow, those gifts, those talents, those abilities, the things that we are. And the worry and the negative roots, they're the ones that can come down deep into you and, sh- and strangle and choke the positives. Don't let those roots grow in your life. Dig them out, weed them out. That's what God's wanting to do for you. Give him 
the ability to stand there and do it for you because you hold on to them, not him. He can do anything. Sometimes we have to surrender and just say, do you know what, I trust you. Do the weeding. Whatever you need to do, I surrender. I give it to you. Concern yourself with God's righteousness, not your riches. Stand firm in God's promises and learn to let it go. Thank you.